foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Hello, thank you for joining us. My name is Danny Hammett, and I get to talk with Katie Bowman each and every show as she answers questions about alignment, health, biomechanics, and all the bits and pieces in between. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. What have you been up to today? Well, um, I, for the first time in a couple of years, slept until 9 o'clock, so not much. It's uh, almost 10 o'clock um, Pacific Standard Time where I am. So I've been up for like 15 minutes, so I haven't done too much. I made breakfast. I'm stretching my calves now and uh, just kind of getting ready for the day. Wow, you must feel like you have superpowers with that much sleep. I, 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 you know what it is? It caught, it's almost more like super panic, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a good thing. You want the sleep, but when you wake up this late, normally like I'm a five thirty six 6am, um, but the summers get a little, um, 
we had a long light, you know, we, this, as you know, you used yes. to live up here in Washington. So the sun doesn't even go down until closer to 10. So we were just up and we've been playing hard for three days. We took a three day kind of work break and just hung out with the kids outside all day and working in the garden. And, and it just has messed us up where we're going to bed late and sleeping in. And I don't know if I can handle it, all this rest and peace. Ah, summertime. Summertime mm-hmm. is so nice. Well, this is our first podcast, and yay, yay. so we're going to talk about a few, well, we're going to talk about one really important thing that will start us off with, but every show, we're going to start off with a question because it's always fun to find out how other people live their lives and the perspective that other people have. So I'm going to ask you a question. Um, Okay. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, here's something I'd love to know. Do you have a favorite time of day to take a walk? You know, I would say my favorite time for walking would probably be daybreak, dawn. I, I'm a I'm a natural early riser, so I don't like to go out when it's dark. But I would say that just after the sun has started to come up, that's my favorite time. And and to even clarify time besides just time of day, time of year would be daybreak and autumn. Ooh. When, you know, you start getting the crunch of leaves under your feet and it's still warm in the day, but it's, it's starting to get chilly in the morning and you know you've got that chilly winter. Like that's that's my ultimate just being by myself and going out um, time. I'll also say that I probably haven't taken a walk in that way for uh, three years now. <laughs> but but um, I, I love, and then I also love um, dusk walks. Although on my last walk, I went out. It's a lot easier for me to get an evening walk because I can put my kids to bed. They're still young, and because of the long light, I can take a night walk after they go to sleep. Yeah, you know, at seven thirty, I still have an hour and a half. Um, but I run into a coyote last time while I was out walking by myself. And that was kind of scary. Oh, but probably kind of cool, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cool, but it was also kind of scary because I was out by myself and I live out where there's nothing. Um, And it was a big, it almost looked like a wolf. Yeah, coyotes in Washington are way bigger than Montana coyotes. Yeah, they're big. It's almost like they've bred with German shepherds or something. They're just huge. And elephants, maybe. Yes. I mean, it was like like taller than me, you know, and it was fine. And I was was talking with my dad. That's also, I I use my walking time um, during the day, especially, to do my work. So that way I can, um, one of the things I recommend for people who work um, who is, you know, almost everybody is that you do your, that you get in the habit of doing your calls, your business calls while you're walking, because it's such a great way to get more movement in the day. And I just don't think that there's anyone who wouldn't be okay with, you know, I'm out taking a desk break. So I'm calling you right now so that I can, you know, get all this oxygen for thinking creatively through this call. But, um, I was talking to my dad, my dad, my dad conversation time is kind of like my special time. And so here we are and having this moment, this father daughter moment, and he's 85 and we'll talk for an hour. And then I was like, Oh my God, there's a coyote. And then he was like, quick, make yourself look big. Making a lot of noise. And he was, just, and, and he was just so like such a dad and, you know, and we're walking and I was like, there's a silo and I'm just describing to him, you know, he's an old farm boy and he's like, never play in silos. And I was like, okay, like he's just so. Anyway, that was a total tangent. I just oh, love my dad. Well, now just let's just wrap this tangent up. I got to know why did he say don't play in silos? Don't play. now. I'm curious. Well, and he said it has something to do with the gases, like the fermentation gases, oh. 
And he said, my brother and I, my brother and I, he's Canadian. So they grew up like in, in a bunch of Canadian silos. So I don't know if this is Canada specific, but I assume that um, like decompensation gases are the same no matter what country you're in. But um, they just accumulate. And so he and his brother, when they were little kids, were playing there and just were kind of made sick by the gases. So I was like, I promise you, I'm not going to go play in any of these decrepit barn silos that I'm walking by, but I'm about to get attacked by a wolf. Thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway. And and when when you walk and do business, do you wear a headset so you can swing your arms or does it kind of, do you vary what you do? I I got... um, I got a headset that had a microphone. I didn't even know those existed, like little earbuds, but that has a little microphone piece, and it totally changed my life. So I can put my phone away, and I can um, use my whole body. I'm not sitting there, you know, with my arm flexed and my head to my phone. And and um, I I just got done writing a small addendum book, like a small ebook that goes with the bigger book, all on standing workstations and, and alignment at the office. And that was, again, my recommendation is I think that I think that's a big solution. I think a lot of us who work um, spend a lot of time on the phone. I mean, I don't know if it's a ton of time over an eight hour day, but it's certainly about an hour. And if you just piece your calls together during that period of time and go out, I mean, you could get an extra hour of movement a day. And, and I mean, I've done contract negotiations. I've done I've done all sorts of like major things while out walking. And I just think it's the uh it's a it's the way of the future. It's a way out. It's a way out of a box that you're kind of trapped in. So, no, so that's really that's really good advice. I like that. All right. Well, since we're talking about the book and whole body movement and everything, how about we talk about your not your definition of alignment, but the definition of alignment that you base your work on? Because there's a lot of ways people use that word alignment, but I want to know how you use it in your work. Well, I would say that as you as you probably know, you read a lot of my stuff that I would say that people use the term alignment and posture interchangeably um, or they'll use the word alignment, meaning um, like a better version of posture. Like, yes, you have postural guidelines, but alignment is more specific guidelines for posture. Uh, and like I, I, I don't think there's a wrong way to use it, but. I think that the way that I use alignment is similar, the the word alignment is similar to how a car mechanic would use the word alignment. So if you take your, if everyone drives a car, at some point you have perhaps dealt with the alignment of your car. And so when the alignment of your car is off, um, as you're driving, it's pulling, maybe it's, you know, pulling off to the right or to the left and you're having to impart some sort of muscle work of your upper body to keep it going a particular way. So okay. the the what makes alignment poor in terms of cars is is not the position of pieces. It's it's the forces that that the position creates. And what do you mean by forces? Well, I mean that, you know, if 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 you didn't fix your car alignment, what would happen is the materials that make up your car would wear, some of them would wear down faster than others. So the reason that you get your car alignment fixed is because you don't want to have to replace your tires prematurely, one or two of them, or, okay. or, or, your, or your axles or um, 
you know, or your brakes or, or whatever. There's, there, the result is the forces that are created by the position. The thing that you're trying to fix is the set of forces that are created when the wheels move relative to the car and relative to the ground. So there's, there's, there's things outside of the structure of the car that go into calculating the forces that are created um, through alignment. So it's all about the ground and the wheel. And then, I mean, I don't even know car parts. So I'm kind of like making up terms right now. So the I've, things no, that you're, just you're on, you're on track so far. <laughs> yeah. Like the things, the things that the wheels go on. Like axles, axles. Right. Yeah. Right. But then you also have, um, the, like the rubber and the tires. And then there are those invisible things that create forces, like the speed at which you drive the terrain in which you drive over. Those are other factors that change the experience of the car. And it's the experience of the car that you're trying to adjust through changing alignment. You're trying to find um, the perfect orientation of parts. So once you are moving in the way that you're going to be moving, so car alignment changes based on the speed of the terrain. Like, as I mentioned, those are two things. Like if you have a four wheel drive, your car alignment is going to be different than if you had a two wheel drive. Right. Because the mechanic is, um, is considering how to get the most out of your car for the way that you're going to drive it for the way that the factory says it should be driven. Plus your personal preferences. Like if you're a race car driver, you know, and you you make over a Subaru for like a to be a rally car, it's going to be different than if it was just that same structure of the car not driven as a as a rally car. So all of those things change your alignment. So the the point that I like to make with alignment is alignment is about the forces that are created through the positioning once you're moving. Okay. Where the way most people use the term alignment. And, and posture has to do with the static arrangement of points. And it's, and I, it's probably that way because it's, it's a lot easier to evaluate position when things aren't moving. But I like to just remind everyone that the reason that we're doing, um, the reason that we're even considering how your structure is oriented, why that's important, has to do with the forces that are created once you're moving. Um, and we are in we're in an ergonomic time. We're in a time where the science of ergonomics, um, which is specifically how you're structurally positioned at work, you know, people pay, people spend most of their time sitting at work. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a shocker? Isn't that shocking? You said something, I think, a couple months ago about ergonomics. Modern ergonomics was not so much about making things function well, but keeping you at your desk longer. And yeah. It's not about it's not ergonomics are not the healthiest way to be like it's it's not it's not a list of parameters like make sure your wrist isn't broken when you're typing on your keyboard and keep your head over your ears as you're typing like those those parameters are that alignment is to keep you structurally sound if your only options were to sit still. It's the best way to sit still. But the bigger picture as you pan out is sitting still is not very good for your body. Mm -hmm. So to keep looking for the best ergonomic solution is to miss the point entirely, which is the question that we're asking is how to get the heck out and away from the desk. So it's a it's a very ergonomic is a very narrow perspective about so it's kind of like 
I, I think of it as the best way to stay on a sinking ship. Correct. Like, like what's the best way for us to right. stay here while this sinks? Right. And I think that that's a admit. There's a certain uh, defeatist attitude at that point. You're like, okay, well, we're all going down, so I might as well be going <laughs> down like the the with the best posture as possible. So, so the reason I use alignment mechanically is to to remind us that there is no best way to stand or sit, those are problematic. Like if you have long periods of time in which you're being still, the first thing to do is change that. Now how, Now I will though um, um, amend that statement with, should you compare bouts of sitting still, there are better ways to sit still. Um, especially if you've been sitting still in one particular way and have kind of damaged the tissues based on that load profile, just sitting differently is enough. Like it's amazing how just that little pelvis adjustment when you're sitting, you know, to untuck your pelvis, get off your tailbone. That alone, were you to not change the frequency at which you sit, that adjustment for most people would bring about better health. So I don't want to downplay the importance of of adjusting your posture when you're still. It's just that I don't I also don't want to play into that narrow perspective which is that is our end goal okay. of better stillness. I like to always bring back the broader perspective that we're looking for which is let's do both. Let's optimize our periods of stillness and let's reduce them at the same time. And when we start moving, let's understand that the way we have been still, the position in which we've been still for so long is ingrained in our structure. Our tissues have adapted to that way that we've been sedentary and that we have to undo some of those adaptations. That's why the corrective exercises come in. Okay. That's why we're doing, um, that's why we have alignment points for objective measures. That's why for self-monitoring so that even if you don't understand the forces, you can at least understand um, the difference in positions and well, and can adjust them. Speaking of being still, how about we do a stretch break? Yes, for all well, the... Okay, that's yes. good. That's and good. and that's the one of the things that I first loved about reading your blog is that every time I read it, you gave me something to do. You, you gave me something to learn, and, and it was great. So whatever you want, you can work in that pelvis tilt, whatever you want. But tell us, how can we stretch right now? Okay. You know what? If everyone just stands up, or even if you're um, if you're cemented to your chair, you can sit down and do this too. You're going to reach your arms out to the right and left side, kind of like you're making a T with your body. So your palms are down. Um, and think about reaching your elbows away from you, kind of like creating that traction, which is different than reaching your hands away from you. If you just reach your fingertips away from you, you'll end up creating forces that just straighten the elbow. And instead of straightening the elbow, I'm going to traction the upper arm out of their sockets, out of the shoulder sockets. So think of stretching your elbows way out. So um, if your nose was pointing due north, your arms would be pointing east and west. Then... Look at your fingertips. Can you do it here? I just turned my head. Look at your fingertips and pull your fingertips back towards your ears so that you're giving like stop hands, you know, like in sign language, stop or um, Diana Ross, stop in the name of love hands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So as you're I think your of it as Han Solo in the garbage chute in the first Star Wars. Remember the garbage uh -huh. chute is closing 
and he had to put both hands out with his hands flat and his fingers up to the ceiling to keep the walls from closing in. That'll be great for all the all the uh, Star Wars fans out there. So Han Solo hands slash Diana Ross hands. <laughs> pull your fingertips back towards you. And as you pull your fingertips towards you using the muscles in the hands, you're not using any other body parts to do this. You're just working the muscles on the tops of the wrists to flex the wrists like or extend the wrists like this. Pull them back. And you should feel a nerve stretch down your arm. So as you're reaching the elbows away and pulling your fingertips back, you should feel a nice stretch that goes through the palm of the hand and up through the arms. This is my um, nerve stretch that I like to give people who work at a desk for a living, right? It's total opposite of typing on your, bring your arms back to computer, type, 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 type. Everything's in front of you and and then uh, your shoulders are just in this like rotated internal position and we're going to reach out to the side again and pull your fingertips back. Ah! That feels good. I must be doing this right because it there you feels go. good. I feel blood flow and all sorts of stuff. Oxygen. And then make a few fists. Yeah, make fists release and then you're done. And then um, there oh, you go. Thank that's you. Your, that's your tip of the day. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That was good. Okay. So back to it. The alignment conversation that we're having. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking about going beyond just the sitting still and fixing ourselves when we're sitting still. But the alignment points, that's where I interrupted you when you're talking about alignment points, or if you just want to jump forward into something else. Yeah, we're going to have to jump forward because I have absolutely no recollection of what we were talking about before. That's okay. Me neither. And I have all this blood flow to my brain and shoulders now after that stretch. So I just, I feel like going out for a walk. That's awesome. Let's just dance. (laughs) It's podcast dance. There you go. All right. Um, Well, so alignment, when people like, I've heard people in a gym say, well, your alignment when you're doing this move, you know, whether it's a squat or whatever, they equate alignment and form. Yeah, I would say that alignment is being used as like posture is the the relative position of parts, like the end, like this is your posture. Um, Form also has that implication of um, the orientation of parts. However, form, like alignment, has that um, – uh, well, I mean, let me go back a little bit. Alignment, the definition of alignment includes that the term itself means the, the optimal way of doing something, where posture, if you want to talk about good Posture, you add the word good onto it because posture just means position. So there is a good posture and there is a bad posture. And the difference between good and bad would be based on whatever your parameters were, right? So okay. culture, culturally, there's a good or bad posture. Form, um, if I'm working on my form um, in the gym, like if you're doing a squat and they're like, oh, your form needs improvement – um, the implication, I think, would be that there is a there's something that that exercise is after that you're not hitting right now. Sometimes, the what makes something good or bad in terms of form, like in an exercise, is not always fleshed out really well. Um, so I like I like shoulders back right. would be a good like good example of. Um, where the understanding of form or posture or even alignment has been a little bit muddled 
So we've got a lot of people pulling their shoulders back because we want our glenohumeral joints. So your glenohumeral joints would be like the shoulder joint. If you wear if you wear epaulets um, as a uniform, where the you know where the that little uh, doily over the shoulders would go. It's, it's the ball and yeah. socket. Yeah, it's okay. the ball and socket of the shoulder. So we move our shoulder joints so that they line up with our ears, and we're like, okay, that's good posture or good form or or whatever but that can be poor alignment if the way you got your shoulder joints to line up with your ears pulled your shoulder blades closer too close to the spine because now you've missed you've you've messed with the forces in the muscles between the spine and the scapula, the shoulder blades. So to correct one problem, you created another. So that would be not very good alignment because alignment is about the system, the entire system. So you works. wouldn't want your wheel, yeah, how, how the system performs as a whole. Alignment is making sure that the activity in one area of the system isn't causing um, degrading in another. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't want your <clears throat> mechanic to go, well, I got the tires all lined up this particular way. <clears throat> the tires look great. Unfortunately, um, the way that they're lined up right here isn't going to work well with the speeds between 35 and 55. So when you drive 35 to 55, you're going to end up wearing your tires out. So you have well, to nobody go every- for that. no. No. Well, here in Washington, there'd be a lot of people, I would say, who it would go. (laughs) I live in a retirement community in Washington coming from, you know, basically the L.A. area of California where it's just like a completely different driving thing going on. And I appreciate it. But anyway, that was a that was a tangent. Um, But with with alignment, you consider 100 percent of the body all of the time and and also this end goal. So my alignment parameters are about bio- long-term biological function. Someone who has performance goals would have a different alignment. It would be cool if if as many people, I mean, I, I bet people think about alignment as far as performance goals as much as they think about their car alignment. I mean, you never really do unless something's going wonky and your car, you know, is bouncing up and down or you hear a scrape or or something rubbing and it's kind of the same deal. It's like, hey, my knee doesn't work anymore. <laughs> How'd yeah. that happen? Yeah. And I would say that, um, I guess, again, it's always back to semantics, like how you use the term performance. When I used the term performance just then, I meant some sort of like contest where you're trying to go faster or harder or longer and you're, you're looking for a short-term payoff. <clears throat> Even if it's at the expense of, biological performance. So for biological performance, we're talking about what are the things that the human body um, should be doing for moving the species forward. I mean, it's really like the baseline. Can you procreate? Can you deliver your babies? Um, can you can you get pregnant? I mean, like even like some people can't have sex, really. I mean, like that's that's an issue for a lot of people where their their machinery is is not doing that process well. And then um, walking, can't walk, can't walk without pain, um, can't stand without pain, can't breathe without pain, can't breathe. 
I mean, like we're we start listing of just like yeah, what are the well, what are the essentials? Pretty, pretty. Um, yeah, can't digest for my... survival of a species to be able yeah, to do that. If you can't eat, can't digest your food, can't breathe, can't um, like can't can't can't. And a lot of people can't 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 as I just listed those basic things, but they can do exercise really well at a competitive level. We as a culture keep looking to that how we can perform fitness-wise, exercise-wise, and are completely ignoring all the biological can'ts around it. So that's not my perspective. My perspective is not about um, you as an exerciser. It's about you as a human being. How, how well are you being or doing your, your human activities? And a lot of people sacrifice their human activities for this fitness performance type thing. And that's fine, but I think a lot of people are doing it without realizing that they're doing it. Probably. You can do I, I think that there's plenty of people who do realize it and that's awesome. But there's a lot of people who are confused as all get out because they've associated because they've kind of been told that what they're doing for their fitnessy thing is what gives them the biological well-being, and that's not the case. Right. And so that's what I do. Excellent. <gasps> that's and, what I do. <laughs> what I do. Well, what and, I do. And speaking of what you do, you have talked about eye breaks a lot lately. What What's an eye break? An eye break is when you karate chop three boards with your eyeballs. No, just Excellent. kidding. Excellent. I will get the wood. <laughs> Go. You get the uh, cinder blocks. An eye break is... Um, just as we there, – there are lots of muscles that we consider, but, um, but I would say if I give everyone a list, even like exercise people, even like well-trained body people, and told them to make a list of important muscles, it would probably have, you know, at max 50 muscles listed on it because we only think of our, our big boys. Um, but when it comes to health making and bio, biology, there's all these <laughs> – Or as they're called, the glamour muscles. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Quadriceps, biceps. Um, yeah, it's a, is there anything besides biceps, no, hamstrings? I don't know. No, mirror, mirror muscles. You've got uh, ciliary muscles that move your lens in your eye that allows you to see close and see far away. And it's not a muscle that you have control over in a, in a somatic type way, meaning you can't release and um, shorten it. Although I would say that there are probably some people who spend a lot of time getting control over their smooth muscles that could. So I'll, I'll just add that. But in general, what changes the tension within the muscles of the eye is the distance at which you're looking at things. So if you choose – so it's somatic in this way that if you choose to always be inside – you are choosing to never relax those muscles in the eye. So in order to exercise your eyes in a different way, you have to go outside and look at something far away. So that's what we're going to go do right now. You're going to take a break, either pause this, or if you're walking around outside, stop looking at things that are 5 to 30 feet away from you and look at something that is 100 to 300 feet away from you. And just by doing that, you just use the muscles in your eyes in a different way. You just cross-train your eyes. And it's really important that people take breaks from looking at their computer screen and looking at um, the book that they're always reading. So and, and just say I'm, I'm um, in the Empire State Building on the 43rd floor and there's no way my boss is going to let me go outside and look. What can I do when I'm at my desk? Look out a window. Okay. Look out a window. And you don't have to be outside. 
You just have to give your eyes something else to focus on that is at a distance. And if you don't have a window, you need to figure out how to get one. Even if it's just walking over to a window. And then bonus, you stood up as well. But you you do need to release. And it, I mean, imagine like casting your arms. If your arms were casted, how good it would feel to be able to drop your arms. What if you were never able to drop your arms, that's what your eyeballs feel like most of the time. It's just that you've been doing it since you were a little, little kid and you have no idea what it's like to actually relax Hmm. those tension patterns. So do that and then come back. Excellent. Well, actually, and that is our time for today. So don't go outside yet because we're all going to go outside together. How do you think you're going to get some movement in today? Because I know you just got up, so... I just got up, and what I try to do before, like, I have a whole list of um, projects. Which, by get... the way, you're you're lovely to talk to when you just get up. I'm <laughs> I'm not nearly as coherent, so I expected um, a lot less from you today. Good job. I I like to breathe that um, that um, belief, that perception that you're going to get less from me, and that way I always deliver. <laughs> just expect like, setting the bar really low. Excellent. Um, I'm going to go outside just for um, five or six minutes. Before I have a lot of work to sit down and do, so I'm going to go walk to check the mailbox, even though I, it's Monday and I know there's nothing in there because we don't get mail on um, Sunday. And I have a hula hoop that a very lovely person gave me a long time ago. You, oh, you remember excellent. when you gave me the yeah, hula hoop? I, I do. I'm glad you still have that. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go hula hoop out in the sunshine and look far away at the trees and take a few breaths before sitting down. Like if I just went from doing this talk with you to doing another one, I I would notice that I'd have a headache, you know, mm-hmm. by the by hour three. So I do need some outside time and, and that's what I'll do. Excellent. Well this was super fun today. Thank you. Thank you. Um and have fun in your hula hoop. We'll All right, talk we'll... soon. All right. Thanks, Danny. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, Online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. Her most anticipated book, Move Your DNA, will be available in September 2014. You can learn more about Danny Hemet at moveyourbodybetter.com and dannyhemet.com.